Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from the law offices of Pretoria Law in Tysons, Virginia. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, David Kunzman, Pretoria Law, Joe Basile, Spectrum Careers, Chelsea Rutherford, Capital Careers, Rob Manfredi, Bamboo Solutions, Gal Borenstein, Borenstein Group, and Les Small and Vistage. Les, can you give us a rundown on who we have on the air today, please? We have Alex Bartholomus, President and CEO, People Stretch Solutions, Russell Rita, President and CEO, OVH Cloud. We have uh, Marita Grayall and Julie Dekar, founder and CEO and co-founder, Talex, and Shuaib Ali, president, World Services. Let's get to our first guest, Alex Bartholomos, who's the president and CEO of People Stretch Solutions. Alex, what is People Stretch Solutions? We do sales growth consulting and C-level advisory. Uh-huh. How large or how small is the organization? Uh, there's 10 of us, and we do about $2 million in revenue. And where are you from originally? Uh, born in Washington, D.C., families from Santiago, Chile. Lester. Uh, yeah, what, what was uh, going on with mom and dad that uh, brought them here? Uh, dad wanted to go on an adventure in 1963, so he hitchhiked to the U.S., and mom waited for him and came over in 1965. And they weren't married at the time? Uh, they weren't married at the time. She actually waited for him. Mm, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. She waited for him. Gal? How young were you when you were making money in the U.S.? So I started shoveling snow uh, roughly between seven and eight years old. That's interesting. Uh, You told us before that uh, shoveling snow was something that you did uh, to save money versus to make money. Can you uh, elaborate on that? Absolutely. I would get the chance to go back to Chile, and we were middle income in the United States, and our family was middle income in Chile. Uh, But middle income in the third world countries is much different, and that motivation made me want to work so I could save money. As opposed to your mom and dad do for a living? So, dad was an entrepreneur, and he started a wine business. Back in 1977, mom stayed at home with my brother and I and uh, was a a key part in helping us stay straight. Uh Different different personality traits, I assume. Who are you more like? I'm naturally more like my dad, but I try to be more like my mom. Why? My mom is a very caring, lifelong learner uh, and extremely empathetic and just hope I can... uh, of those traits. Mm-hmm. David? As a first-generation American, uh, talk to us about how that impacted you and, and your business life. Seeing what the middle class lives like in a third-world country burns a vivid image about what they can afford, what they can't afford. And so from my perspective, when you add that to an on, being a son of an entrepreneur, it just motivated me uh, to you know, make something of myself. And how, how do you instill that in your employees? I think every employee has a different motivation. Uh, Certainly my motivation was very monetary, and I think the challenge that many leaders face is just Mm -hmm. working with them to find what is the motivation, because it's not always monetary. Chelsea? It seems you identified what was important at a young age. Where do you think that came from, your mother or your father? Uh, That's 100% my mom. What are you talking about there? What do you mean? Uh, She's very thoughtful, and uh, she was a learner, and she was very introspective. And I kind of learned from that. You mentioned earlier that your mom went through um, something when you were in your 20s. What was that? Um, My mom, uh, you know, fought cancer for bravely for eight years. um, How old were you? I was uh, 20 years old. How did did your mom's cancer affect you? Uh, I think that taught me uh, perseverance and sacrifice. What are you talking about? This This was your mother. Um, in the last four years, um, it metastasized to her liver, and she was only given a year to live. And by making it four years, she was actually able to see me get married and actually see my firstborn daughter. <laughs> How's that affecting you nowadays? What part of that are you bringing to the business and to your life? Uh, I have, uh, am grateful for every single day. Um, and I try to pass that along to my clients and my employees. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? 
uh, I think we have to be we have to spend a lot of time in fr- of introspection and self awareness, and it, I do it from a meditation perspective. I do it in our huddle, and then as I'm engaging clients, I'm asking them if they're doing it for themselves. What do you mean you're doing it in the huddle? What are you talking about? Common business tactic: many CEOs have a daily huddle with their team. So that way they can get focused on one or two important things. For me, it's getting people focused on being self-aware. And you're telling me what your mom went through with her personal um, challenge. You're bringing pieces that you've learned from that, and you're bringing that into the business. Absolutely. Just, you know, there's a gratitude that comes out of something bad, and it it really impacts impacts on you, and you want to share it with others. David? Wait a minute. You're a CEO. It's about maximizing profit. You're, you're self-aware. You care about your employees. Absolutely. I, I think there's a direct correlation to making sure that if you take care of them, um, they'll perform, and that drops to the bottom line. Rob. So you had mentioned earlier that um, your dad, uh, you're more like your dad naturally on the adventure side, um, but you strive to be more like your mom on the empathetic side. How do you balance that today? Well, in part of my business, I'm always interacting with people, and that's my dad, of engaging people, talking to people, trying to be passionate about what I'm trying to engage with people about. Um, I I reflect daily uh, from the start of the day when I meditate, and and that's very much my mom, uh, and thinking about who I want to be and how I want to be better. And I'm confident that my dad doesn't meditate. And I'm. Well, what do you mean? How you want to be better? I'm surprised. I mean, you're the CEO of an organization. You're building a business. You built a previous business and sold it. What do you mean? You, how you want to be better? That's surprising for me. That's not the only success factor. I have a success factor as a husband, as a father, uh, as a citizen. Do you have any kids? Community. You have any yes. kids? How old are your children? Three kids. Daughters, 18. Two boys, 17 and 13. What's the similarity between uh, being the president and CEO of People Stretch Solutions and being a dad. Similarity. On a daily basis, you're given opportunities to share uh, a thought with your children, and it's up to you, like your employees, whether you want it to be positive or negative. And I think the, the, that's the biggest similarity. Huh, interesting. Gal, what else are you thinking? I was thinking about the journey that your parents took to the U.S. and how it relates to the journey that you're taking as a CEO. Yeah, why would you just smile, Alex? Uh, well, the, the journey, the, there's discovery that I get to do on a daily basis in my business. So d- a, a journey, if, if we understand, um, it can be a physical one. So I got to go to Scotland this summer, which is great with the family. But uh, being able to come to an experience like this and discover myself, revisit things, um, every day gives us an opportunity to discover. And that was the journey that my parents started and impacted me. So there's the destination and there's the journey. What's more important? The uh, journey. Huh. How about that? I thought CEOs were really goal-oriented and money, and you got to do this by this quarter and this by the year end. That helps plot a course for the journey, but it doesn't necessarily mean you always get there. Mm-hmm. Who's got the next question? Yeah, y- y- you mentioned that you have a brother. Is he older or younger? Older brother. So uh, how much older? Two and a half years. So what's the relationship like, and how does that show up for you today? M- relationship is much better. Um, typical young relationship, strained because he was older brother. Um, thanks to actually my mom's passing, we became really close. Chelsea, what are you thinking? Kind of tying it back to your core values and what matters. It was instilled at such a young age. Children here in the U.S. are usually, what can I get? What's next to purchase? And you were about the experience and saving. Can you kind of tie that back for me? Uh, hard work, um, em- empathy, uh, savings. Uh, I think those are, and, and really, uh, um, th- those are three are the biggest things that I try to, I carried it through my first business that drove success, and I think we're, we're carrying it. Let me have today. those three things again e- empathy, um, hard work, and, and the, the journey discovery. Uh-huh, Gal, what else do you think? I remember that um, you don't drive the fastest car in the world and the most expensive one, even though you can afford it. Uh, what's the reason for it? 
So I drive an Audi A7, and much like it's a balance of performance, uh, elegance, restraint, uh, and that's greatly influenced by my mom uh, that she taught me at a very early age about um, performance, elegance, and restraint. So it sounds like your childhood is connected to your success today. Absolutely. Uh-huh. What do you mean by restraint? I'm not sure I understand that word. Uh, I think just from a style perspective, um, something can be obvious or uh, exaggerated, and restraint is more about elegance. Uh, what's that have to do with building the team? Well, I think sometimes people think they need the strongest, fastest, smartest person, and I think, uh, especially for example in sales, there's a, a natural mistake to think the outgoing person will be successful, and in a lot of cases, it's the introvert that has a chance to be the best. What's the website? What's the website address with People Stretch Solutions? PeopleStretch.com. May I have that one more time? PeopleStretch.com. We've been speaking with Alex Bartholomos, President and CEO of People Stretch Solutions here on Executive Leaders Radio. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name is? Chuck Ockeltree. And Chuck, what organization are you with? The National Conference Center and West Belmont Place Event Center. Uh-huh. And what makes this organization special? The National Conference Center was built um, to be the nation's premier uh, meeting and event venue. Um, and it's not a traditional hotel. Mm-hmm. So even though we have 900 guest rooms and all the services and amenities of a traditional hotel, mm-hmm. because of our size, mm-hmm. we're able to uh, deliver um, an environment that is very conducive to uh, learning, development. And who are your clients? Our clients are uh, many of the, the corporate 100, corporate 500, as well as uh, because of our location in Leesburg, Virginia, mm-hmm. we do a lot of business with Washington, D.C. Uh, government agencies. Mm-hmm. And what do you like about your job? What I like about uh, is we've had the opportunity to bring new leadership to the National Conference Center, blend with the tremendous service team that's built a reputation over the years uh, for great service. And uh, we've had a lot of fun um, helping our clients take advantage of the 65-acre campus. How about you personally? What, what do you enjoy about your job? I enjoy that, that we've uh, had a very, very, very successful turnaround in mm-hmm. uh, the two and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, taking the National Conference Center uh, from where it was in mm-hmm. 2014 with Excellent. the new, new ownership. We've literally doubled the revenue. And what's, so. your, what's your role in the organization again? Uh, my role is Chief Marketing Officer. And what's that mean? It, good question. It means that uh, uh, we're involved with branding, mm-hmm. uh, everything to do with the sales, the marketing, the promotion, and uh, the business development. So you're actually going out there and you're actually involved with helping bring in the clients. Exactly, yes. And sir. I guess the way you're doing that is you're actually talking to a lot of the clients, making sure that you know your services are valuable. We talk to a lot of the clients and we do a lot of uh, events what's as well. What's the website address of the organization? www.conferencecenter.com. Let me hear that one more time www.conferencecenter.com. This has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, The conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. What's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure I have a, make sure eight executive community members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So, how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis, or daily basis, or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis, on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Do you, wh- what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business. And at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings and such. So you're, you're, well, you're running a 24 by 7 facility, aren't you? We are. Uh-huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. 
conferencecenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. And we'd like to introduce Russell Reeder, President and CEO of OVH Cloud. Russell, what is OVH Cloud? What are you guys doing? Yeah, OVH is one of the largest web hosting companies in Europe. We do uh, close to a billion dollars in revenue, have about 1.5 million customers. And OVH Cloud is a subsidiary here in the United States. So how young, where, where are you from originally? Middletown, New York. How many brothers and sisters? I have one sister. She's four years older than me. And how young were you when you were taking things to the next level? Next level, um, I, I love to uh, tinker and uh, I Give really us an idea what you were tinkering with as a kid. So as a latchkey kid, I could really do whatever I want. I could either watch TV or go outside. I was always outside, built go-karts. I would find old wood and carpet and uh, wheels and make go-karts and, and go down big hills. Wait, wait I, I got a question. What, what's making go-karts as a kid have to do, what's that have anything to do with you building this organization known as OVH Cloud? I think it's all about innovation, yeah, especially in technology. I was a programmer, but yeah, if you don't innovate, you die. And uh, instead of just sitting inside watching TV, we didn't really have uh, video games before Atari. I, I went outside and I would find things and build things. All right, Les? Yeah, I understand that uh, mom and dad had divorced when you were two years old. What impact did that have on you? Uh, it. it uh, it, it was tough. I loved my parents very much, and saying goodbye was probably the hardest thing. Uh, my sister was my um, was my pillar during those times, and kind of going back and forth between my mother and my father. Yeah, and and who filled the role, if anyone, uh, as a male role model for you? So my father was a big part, but but every weekend my father he didn't have much money, so we'd go to my grandparents. His father, uh, Colonel Red Reader, uh, who uh, taught leadership at West Point, Vince Lombardi's mentor. Uh, wow, it was just amazing to grow Joe? every weekend with Red Reader. I can only imagine what impact did he have on you, your grandfather? Uh, really, that uh, no, no no glass ceiling. I mean, the, the uh, he was one of the Vince Lombardi's mentor. Uh, help plan and, and lead the invasion on Utah Beach and D-Day and, and just seeing what was possible if you set your mind to something and, and worked hard. Was he hard on you from a discipline standpoint? I think he was hard on everyone, yes. Mm-hmm. Gal? Sounds about uh, some of the difficulties you had. You had to walk in the snow uh, about a mile every day through school. So, so, yeah, my kids don't know how good they have it, right? They, uh, we walked to school. It was uh, about a mile uh, uphill both ways. Uh, it was because it was on the other side of the hill. So I can say that in New York and uh, through the woods even. And I don't think you're allowed. You'd probably go to jail if you allowed your kids to walk in elementary school. <laughs> Absolutely. How did that uh, impact uh, what you do now, essentially? Is it like a walk? in the snow, essentially, being a multi-billion dollar company? You know, a- as a CEO and being a leader, you have to do things that people are unwilling to do and you have to bring everyone along. So so it is hard and you have to have the wherewithal to see it through. David? Uh, in the green room, you mentioned that your, your mother made a major impression on you. Give us an example. My mother was a nurse. Uh, she just graduated from nursing school, not a full college, and she worked 60 hours a week. We had uh, Christmas, the day before Christmas, Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, and, and she could have done much more, but she worked 60 hours to make it happen, and uh, that was definitely a role model on hard work. Uh-huh. Chelsea? Seems like you've had really great hardworking examples um, in your life. Can you tell me, when did you actually start making money for yourself? So when I was in fifth grade, I started bringing my lawnmower uh, door to door, knocking on doors. If I saw your grass was lawn, uh, long, I would uh, knock on your door and, and have you... Uh, use my services. And if you, how are you different? I uh, definitely attention to detail. Uh, a very thorough job, making sure that I paid attention the next time that it needed to be cut. And I, I always did the, the best job that I thought anyone could do. Do you think doing the best of your ability and being thorough are those things that you took from your first business into what you're doing now? Yeah, without a doubt. It's actually a detriment. Uh, you know, when I first became a manager, allowing people to fail and not going in and saving them because I always wanted it done the right way. So uh, I've grown a long way because of those learnings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob? So it seems like the influences from your parents and your grandfather are um, one is based on hard work. The other one is based on leadership and puts the things together. What has that taught you about glass ceilings and how high is up? Sure. I, I think that uh, you have to understand, right? They always say you shoot for the stars, you, you hit the moon, um, but you have to know where you're going. You have to have a goal after a goal. And uh, But it, unless you work hard and, um, and have the right mindset, being willing to fail, uh, you'll never get there. David? 
how old were you when you uh, did your first computer programming? So when I was in sixth grade, I walked in, there was a computer there, and I sat down and started doing uh, basic uh, computer language and wrote my first com uh, computer program and loved it ever since. Did that represent, was it a sense of accomplishment or was it was it freedom? What is the value that you took out of that? I love creating uh, and I love uh, working with my hands and it was a great uh, combination of creating something with my hands uh, and, um, and innovating at the same time. Gal, what are you thinking? I was uh, wondering uh, what sports you played when you were in high school. So I played football and uh, track. Uh, I was an uh, mention All-American athlete and played in college as well. Outstanding. And what uh, position do you think uh, you played that actually made it to all the way to the CEO that you are today? So uh, every position, team captain, working hard. I wasn't the quarterback. I was an offensive guard and outside linebacker. And so working with the team to make the team win, not being in the limelight and uh, making sure that, that if – if there's a team member that's slacking off, going over and making sure that they, they show up on time and, and work as hard as you are, being a good example for the team. Charles. Captain, a lot of responsibilities. Similar responsibilities as CEO today. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's a little easier being a CEO because they work for you. As <laughs> team captain, they don't work for you. You have to coerce them into doing the right thing. Rob, you have a question there? Yeah, I, I wanted to explore a little bit more about your relationship with your sister when you were younger. Yeah, so it, it was tough. Uh, it was, I think it was harder on her when I was two, and it was kind of what I knew, uh, having divorced parents. Uh, she was six, and I think it hit her very hard, but yet she was always the pillar for me. Mm -hmm. You married or single? I am happily married. Uh -huh. Three great kids. Uh-huh. What, what, what was the effect of your relationship on, with your sister on your nowadays, on you nowadays? Uh, just having someone that you can trust and believe in. Uh, definitely, when I looked for my partner, uh, Casey, my wife, she she is just an amazing uh, foundation and pillar for me. And so it's great to have that in my life. So you knew you could trust women. I can definitely trust mm -hmm. women. Chelsea? You mentioned earlier about glass ceilings and part of your success plan was, you know, being willing to fail. Can you tell me a failure you've had and how you've overcame that? Wow, I have uh, definitely a, a lot of different failures, I think. Um, uh, from school, I, I, I never was forced to get the best grades. I just did enough. And so uh, at a young age, I could fail wherever I, uh, I wanted to. I, I didn't have someone always over top of me. And um, being able to fail so many times allowed me to figure out what kind of personality and what kind of person I wanted to do when I be and when I grew up. Lester? What was the challenge of growing up with the last name that you have that has so much historical significance? Yeah, definitely a, a lot of pressure. Uh, I think until I had children, I really didn't know what I wanted to be. I always thought that I wanted everyone to know me and lead me and write books like my grandfather. Uh, but once I had ch children and held my daughter in my arms, looked in her eyes, I, I, I saw life differently. What are you talking about? What do you mean? It changed my world. I saw my purpose as someone that could affect my child's life. And what a great responsibility and opportunity that is. Hmm. You still remember that? I do. How like many years ago was that? That was 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. So you remember your, birth, your daughter's birth? Yeah, my daughter's birth and the first time I held her and looked at her in her eyes. Mm -hmm. What was your wish for her? Happy, healthy life, and um, I wanted to do everything I could to make sure she had that. So you didn't want to define what she was. You wanted to find out and support it? I wanted to give her the capability to have confidence in herself mm -hmm. and, uh, and it was where she could have wings to do whatever she wanted. Website address of OVH Cloud? OVHcloud.com. We've been speaking with Russell Reeder, President and CEO of OVH Cloud. Back in a moment right after this break. Want help building your business with help from this show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. They've succeeded in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, 
email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. And Ray, what organization are you with? Life Sciences Conference Group. And what is Life Sciences Conference Group? What do you folks do? We produce annual conferences and events for medical technology, life science, pharmaceutical companies. Uh huh. So if I go to an event, you're the folks that are working behind the scenes to make it happen? That's correct. We're the ones that make sure the food's on the table, the seats are there, soundstage and lights of there, your registration process works. And, and what kind of events are these? Are these just in the life science industry? Strictly in the life science industry. Why, why do you focus on the life science industry? Uh, we found that the best way to produce a high-quality event is to really know your customer. So we don't believe in numbers. It's names. We get to know each company. We find out what their actual mission and goals are, and we find the best way to deliver the value to them. And are you doing this nationally or regionally? We do it nationally. We continue to look for international opportunities, but it's primarily here in North America. And how old is this company? Uh, the company has just finished its 10th year. And how long have you been with the company? I founded the company 10 years ago. What gave you the idea to start this company? I used to work for a big corporation, and I produced the annual event for us. And when I decided to leave, they said, thank you for giving us $150 million worth of a business, and we'll see you later. And mm-hmm. next time I decided I would keep some ownership and do it myself. Ah, so you've been, building, you've been building this ever since. What do you like about your job? I like how different it is because we mix policy, we mix business. I might be putting one CEO together with a politician. I might be putting another CEO together with an investor. Mm-hmm. And I might be putting the next person together with their next employee. How interesting. Well, what's the website address for this organization? Medtechconference.org. Let me have that one more time. MedTechConference.org. And the name of the organization again is? Life Sciences Conference Group. Life Sciences Conference Group. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. Ray Briscuso. We've been talking to Ray Briscuso, CEO and managing partner of Life Sciences Conference Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. This has been your business spotlight. And your name and organization? Tanya Laterman with Blue Tree Digital. And, and what does Blue Tree Digital do for its clients? We are a full-service digital marketing firm based in Reston, Virginia, and we help small businesses, entrepreneurs, and nonprofits grow their marketing dreams. So your role in the company is what? I'm the managing director of client service. So your job is to do what kind of stuff? So I match clients with their marketing needs, and I assemble the right team to help get results right away. So give me an example of who some of your clients are. What kind, what kind of businesses are they or nonprofits or whatever? Sure. We have businesses in all industries. We help government contractors. We help apartment complexes. We help IT companies. We help businesses in all industries, both large and small. So you're helping these businesses figure out their digital strategy? Exactly. So we do everything from creating the digital strategy to implementing it to serving as a full service marketing department when they don't have enough marketing expertise on staff. Uh huh. And you're sitting and you're talking to these folks up front and then through the course of time to keep figuring out, considering all the stuff that's happening digital, how they can stay on top of it? Exactly. It's very relationship based, which is sometimes hard to come by now that everything is digitally based. Uh-huh. People tend to forget about the relationships and it's very important to keep them strong. What do, what, do you enjoy, what do you enjoy most about your job? Um, the thing I enjoy most about my job, it's a very collaborative environment, both across our team and with the clients. I really love the look on their face when I give a presentation and they see the results of the efforts really coming to fruition. Uh, when it really hits them, that it makes a lot of sense. It does. Uh-huh. It's very satisfying across the board. What, what's the website address of this organization? BlueTreeDigital.com. Let me have that one more time. BlueTreeDigital.com. And your name again is? Tanya Laterman. In the name of the organization? Blue Tree Digital. Gotcha. This has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Amrita Graywall, who is the CEO and co-founder of Telex, as well as Julie Descar, who is the founder of Telex. What is Telex? What are you guys doing? We are a staffing and payroll services organization. Uh-huh. How large or how small is this organization? 335 total payroll, uh-huh. just crossed over 30 million, and 12 internal to uh-huh. Alex. And who started the company? I did, Julie. Uh, uh, Julie, and where are you from originally? Cleveland, Ohio, how go many, Browns. How many brothers and sisters? Um, zero. All right, so you're an only okay. child. What makes an only child special? Uh, th- yeah, um, mm. just the ability to mm-hmm. create your own kind of happiness and mm-hmm. go out in the neighborhood and All force right. people so to hang told, out with you. When you told us that when you were a kid, mom and dad broke up and got together and broke up and got together all throughout your childhood. I'm wondering, what, what all that splitting up and getting back together again, what did that do to you? 
Uh, it made me appreciate the friendships that I that I did form early on. My girlfriends that I have are from fifth grade, mm-hmm. and then with Amrita, I consider her my soul sister. She knows me in and out, and mm-hmm. good, bad, and ugly. And so I, I hold every I hold those individuals very close uh-huh. to me. Amrita, what do you think the uh, mom and dad splitting up, getting back together again? What do you think that did to Julie? I mean, that's defined and shaped her entire life. So trying to figure out from early on of trust and a foundation and, you know, who to trust and who not to trust and not having a sibling there to be able to lean in on. So you, you're like you're like the rock of Gibraltar for uh, Julie, huh? I try to be. Uh-huh. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes uh-huh. I'm the rock that shakes the foundation. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well you guys are like, you know, you're human. Chelsea, what, what are you thinking? Sounds like you are a loving wife, doting mother, um, very successful entrepreneur. How do you do it all? So thank you. Um, I, I I have a, a supportive husband, and I've my parents are retired. So I mean, I have a, a four year old, a two year old, and he'll be one Saturday. So mm-hmm. they are they've just been supporting me the entire mm-hmm. time and Joe? help out. Joe, I'm Rita. Why why Julie? Why'd you join forces with Julie? It was really a decision of do I go off and start my own thing or do I join forces with someone that's the polar opposite of me, but yet we work so well together and the decision was unanimous on both ends. What traits about her other than polar opposite attracted you? She's extremely outgoing. Um, she has a get it done type of personality and quite frankly, she there's no door that she won't knock on um, and no one that she can't relate to. Mm-hmm. Gal? It sounded like you mentioned uh, uh, both Julie and Marita that you guys are not alike, and in fact, you're not very different in your personalities. <laughs> um, Julie, how did how did that come together? Essentially, uh, was it kind of recreating a family for you, uh, recreating a the sister that you never had to fight with? Right. My parents are amazing, but Amrita has this, like she said, the stability to her and the uh, way to listen and always guide me down the right path and doesn't judge me or the situations that I'm in. So, I mean, it would be a very dumb decision for uh, Alex, me not to be wh- with Alex, her and have her thinking? in my life. Alex? Amrita, uh, Julie didn't have a sister. You had an older sister. What impact did she have on you? Uh, she had a great impact on me. I mean, she's from day one, she's always been this straight A student, very thinking inside the box, um, big on rules and regulations and following the rule of law at home. Um, yeah. But how did that actually impact you? How did it make you feel? So it was hard because I never, ever measured up. Um, but in a sense of it actually motivated and fueled me to continue to grow and to continue to push myself outside of. Tell me more about that in terms of how it impacted work. Yeah, I mean, professional career. It, it, so we were just rated, we just crossed over $30 million in revenue. Um, like Julie said, she founded the company back in 2012, and we've grown to, to over 335 employees in a very short period of time, but it's never enough. Wait, wait, what do you mean it's never enough? What are you talking about? So we, yeah, we were just rated the sixth fastest growing women-led company in the country, and now I continue as a CEO to plan and roadmap of how are we going to continue to disrupt and bring in new lines of so business. So you think the fact that you didn't measure up in your sister's eyes is driving you? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Just wanted to make sure I understood. <laughs> Rob, what, 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 what are you thinking? So I'm going to go back to Julie real quick. Um, and you mentioned that you were an only child. And uh, you've got lifelong friends from fifth grade and now your soul sister. So what effect do you think being an only child has uh, on creating that supportive network? It's really, it's really the loyalty and commitment that I have to people that believe in me and what I want to do with my life. It, it is all about a journey, and we're working t- together on it every day. I'm not alone doing it, and I like that. I'm not. What's, a, I don't what's have to be that alone. The loyalty piece that keeps coming up, and then sort of the instability at home with your parents. Are those related? I would think so. Think so, therapist. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely. It's definitely yeah, it's looking yeah. for the safety, looking for the stability yeah. that you found. Yeah. In yeah. Loyalty, in the real. number one trait you seek in hiring employees? Uh, well, that close team, that core yeah, team. I mean, how many people yeah. are in the, how many, how many folks are in the core team of the business? Twelve. How long have you been working with them? We've known, uh, we've, the majority, n- yeah. there's, I think, three that are new. Yeah, it's the core in, team is, is fundamentally really loyal. Uh-huh. David? Um, Amrita, um, where did your strength come from? My father. 
t- tell us a little more about that. Yeah, so he's always been the the foundational rock in our family. Again, come from very humble beginnings. Um, he and my mother immigrated here back in the 80s, and I was only two years old when they immigrated here. And then just the foundational, you know, um, the foundation that he set for me at a very young age of, you know, you have limitless opportunities in America where you would be limited a little bit more in India. And what's the importance of business success to you? Yeah, I mean, from, from you know, just in my childhood, I always, similar to, to others that have been here, I've tinkered around with the opportunity with my friends. And I mean, I remember at a young age, even the lunch money that my family would give me, I would save it and um, put it aside. And I actually ended up investing in Starbucks at a very young age. And then as the company grew, so did my initial investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie, um, I didn't know that. She has uh, money hidden now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, w- with an only child, oftentimes the parents want to project this uh, onto the child. Like, you have to be the super athlete, the, the greatest student. Did that apply to you growing up at all? Yes. My dad was a um, machinist and worked multiple jobs. He had one one main job, but then would pick up other shifts. Um and I just had to get good grades, and I had to go to college, and I had to buy a house very young um, to just, you know, prove that I could. My dad just wanted better for me than what he had, and he didn't want me to have to work multiple jobs and long hours. The long hours were there, but Julie's a mom and a CEO now of a company and a founder. How do you view it uh, with relations to your kids? What do you wish for them? I mean it's it's crazy (laughs) it's just changed everything it's made me slow down i just i want them to be good humans and i want them to have compassion for others and know that it's not always going to be perfect but other people are going through things that they're not aware of and to just do you wish for them the same that you your dad wished for you essentially i mean i i just want them to i want them to to be happy if that means going to college sure if it's not and they develop some app when they're five for billions of dollars that'd be great but I, I just want I just I truly want them to just be decent humans and have Alex what are you thinking Amrita what early life lessons that you picked up from your father are you passing to your employees yeah I mean again being an immigrant um, saving that's something that I talk to our all of our employees about with respect to what are your personal and professional goals and how do we marry the two to get you there um, so that I would say would be the original one that we've started off with and now it's really about um, you spend so much time at work and that's what my father taught me is that you really have to enjoy what you're doing and be passionate about it so even if like we talked about our internal teams still small we're only 12 but as we continue to grow if there's someone who's not passionate about what they're doing then seek to understand why and what are the strengths or potentially the areas of improvement that they possess that we need to help them grow on Joe both seem very family oriented and loyalty driven and team do you try and instill those qualities within your organization? And if so, do you feel like that helps you or is attributed to your success? Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, at the end of the day, like I just shared, it's you spend so many hours of your day every day, day in and day out, and there is a grind, especially when it comes to staffing that's associated with it. Everything is not within your control, so you have to be not only passionate, but you have to be driven by what you're doing, and you have to actually care. Um, mm-hmm. Les? Julie, I'm not exactly sure how to ask the question, so I'll put it out this way. You said that you grew up around addiction. How did that shape you, and, and what? how does it show up today in how you lead and run the business? So I think that it's made me self-aware that, uh, that other people have things going on. Like, right, I was, I've just been around it. And so when I see someone struggling or just not in a good place, I just uh, think that something could be going on with them. and. In terms of the business, it's just communicating and being aware of what everyone has going on in their life and making sure that they trust that we're there to help them um, and not enable any type of behaviors, behaviors, but know that they can come to us and talk about whatever they're going through. And did it we're teach you have to trust back. or did you learn how to trust from it? I think it has made me not able to trust and now like growing up and surrounding myself with people mm-hmm. that know me really well what is the web- what phone. is the website address of telex website address it's team we've been speaking with um, rita graywall who is the ceo and founder co-founder and uh, julie Descar, founder of telex here on executive leaders radio and your name is tia flick and tia what what organization are you with where where 
And uh, what is WearAware? What do you guys do? We're a digital agency. Mm-hmm. And what's your specialty in the agency? I focus on search and analytics. Search and analytics. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So that's uh, how you show up organically in Google. Uh-huh. Uh, it's pay-per-click. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then how to measure all of that. Now, there's only certain certain kinds of businesses that should be worrying about that stuff, right? Nope. Everyone should be worrying about it. Tell us a little bit about what types of clients and what kinds of industries you've been able to help. We work across a broad range of industries. Um, so we work with everyone, local companies mm-hmm. who might do air conditioning and HVAC mm-hmm. to really large companies that you might have heard of like Pitney Bowes. Mm-hmm. So, and you're helping these folks, your specialty in the firm is helping them with a digital strategy? Yes. So I, I specifically focus on uh, all their search needs. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do you like about that gig? Well, the, the industry is moving at a lightning fast speed, mm-hmm. and I love being able to help our clients guide through that chaos that's happening. So you come up with creative ideas and present these ideas to them regarding how to get them results from search and all that other kinds of stuff. That's correct. And you got to keep involved with them because there's so many things changing all the time, it sounds like. Yes, constantly. Hmm. Doesn't that frighten you, all that change? Oh, I think it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I love mm-hmm. the constant pace of change. And What's the website address for the organization? It's wearaware.com. Let me have that again. Wearaware.com, W-H-E-R-E-O-W-A-R-E.com. We've been speaking with your name again is? Tia Flick. And this has been your business spotlight. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, Some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, the, the, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people, and then who knows the next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh-huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, your thought is that in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events through art uh, through a happy hour mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to come out of that mm-hmm. that's what's exciting so it's all about the people and you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? hell no it's a lot longer uh-huh. than that baby so do you have to do you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that sure sure let me have the website address of this sure, organization bid.com and, and you can download boston connect mobile app let me have uh, let me have that website address one more bostonbid.com it's B-A, give me the spelling on that. B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N-B-I-D.com. Excellent. Your name again is? Tina Leone. And the name of the organization? Is the Boston Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, 
We may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Shuaib Ali, president of World Services. Shuaib, what is World Services? World Services is a technology company that uh, primarily primarily focuses in federal government contracting. All righty. And where are you from originally? Uh, originally from Kalamazoo, Michigan. How many brothers and sisters? Uh, two brothers, two sisters. And where are you in the pecking order? I'm the fourth of five. You're the fourth of five. What kind of sports did you play when you were a kid? Uh, football. And what was your uh, what was your role on the team? I was a wide receiver. What's the personality trait of a wide receiver? Um, you, you have to follow the route. In uh-huh. some cases, stay disciplined uh-huh. and uh, be be aware. Yeah, what's that have to do with your uh, building this business? Um, I think that when you start a business, you have to set a plan and you have to follow that plan, and you also have to be flexible enough to uh, be aware and make changes as necessary. Hmm. Interesting, Les. Yeah, what were mom and dad doing? Um, my mom was an educator. My dad was a musician. And, and what impact did your mom being an educator have on you? Um, she stressed academics. It was a really important part of, uh, of the family growing up. So and you were the smartest kid in the family? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Chelsea? Being one of five children, how did you differentiate yourself from your um, siblings? Um, I, I don't know if I really did that, but um, I know that my mom created certain values that she wanted us to follow and I think that kind of uh, what kind of values uh, honesty loyalty um, you know how are th- go ahead please how are those showing up today in your life in your business so those are some of the values we look for when we hire staff we w- want someone who's loyal passionate honest and uh, w- wants to do the work mm-hmm. gal so you mentioned that you had uh, essentially a position to build a company to start it. What was the first thing that you did when you put the business card, president and CEO? Um, I, I'm not a big title guy. That uh, wasn't a big fan of it, but unfortunately uh, certain organizations want you to have a title. You mentioned unfortunately. Why? Um, because I don't feel like it's necessary, right? I think what's important is that I'm there to do the job. I'm a part of an organization. We're a team. So the first thing that you did when you hired the first employee was what? Um, well, I was excited that um, I was able to hire my first employee. I made sure that they understood, you know, the organizational values and where we were going and how we were trying to grow. Mm-hmm. But you didn't think you were a hot dog or anything? Oh, absolutely not. I knew I had a lot of work to go. All right. Just wanted to make sure, David. What was the first job you started making money? I, I was cutting grass. How old were you? It's probably about 10 years old. So you're... Knocking on doors, drumming up business? Yep, I went door to door, uh, knocked on the door, and just asked, can I cut Did it ever occur to you that most kids that are 10 years old don't want to do that or are afraid <coughs> to do that, but yet you did it, like sort of second nature? I, I did not think of that. Uh-huh. What's that have to do with building your business, the fact you were just prepared to knock on doors when you were 10 years old, talking to the neighbors about mowing their lawn? Well, you have to be persistent. Um, I've had several doors slammed in my face in business, mm-hmm. and um, it, it didn't bother me. I kept going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, what are you picking up? Well, we we see now the sports theme, and you mentioned team, and and you know you don't want to have all the uh, the attention on you, and, and a lot of times in sports, you know, the the name on the front is more important than the name on the back of the jersey. Do you feel what do you feel sports has done for you, and how have you implemented what you learned from those traits into your business? Right. So I think the uh, the team element. Um, I saw how important that was at an early age. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, no one could do it by themselves. Right. You all, you all definitely needed a supporting cast, and I think the same thing is important right now in business. Um, my team is probably the most important thing to me. I mean, it's I, our company wouldn't be growing if it wasn't for them. Hmm. So. Interesting, Rob. So I want to get back to your relationship with your parents. Who do you think was the stronger influence? Uh, I think my mother. Why is that? So she raised pretty much raised us for the most part by herself. Uh, she worked three jobs to support the family. She put herself through law school pretty much by herself. So she had some 
pretty strong uh, values that she instilled in us. Those values are related to, how would you characterize them? Uh, strength, um, again, I think I mentioned earlier, uh, loyalty, honesty, hard work. And wh- why mom and dad got divorced or separated when you were a kid? You said why? Yeah, no, well, how, how young were you when mom and dad? I was probably dad? about two years old. Uh-huh, and so mom took on the burden herself. She t- For the most part, she did. Did you realize what was going on when you were a kid? I, you know, I didn't learn to appreciate until I got older. Appreciate uh, what? Appreciate the amount of sacrifices that she made for the family. What kind of sacrifices? Uh, again, working three jobs, um, you know, uh, putting herself through college just to set an example for us as kids that, hey, you know, we can do anything. How's that showing up in you? Um, I personally don't feel like there's, there's nothing I can't accomplish if I put my mind to it. Give me, give me that. How did you get that thing? I, there's nothing that I can't accomplish if I put my mind to it. Where'd that come from? My mother, absolutely. Uh, watching her uh, persevere. Did she ever tell you that? Absolutely. Multiple times. What did she tell you? Uh, just that, that, you know, don't set a ceiling for yourself. You know, no matter what you want to accomplish, you can abso- absolutely do it. Uh-huh. Who's got the next question Somebody here? put a ceiling on her that she broke through? Uh, sure. As an African-American woman uh, doing that era, she certainly did have a ceiling, but she refused to uh, allow it to uh, keep her back. Where, where were you growing up? Uh, I was born in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh-huh. Was it uh, primarily a black community or white community? What was um, that like? Oh, uh, the area that I lived in was primarily black, uh-huh. but Kalamazoo as a whole was primarily white. Uh-huh. And, and mom broke through ceilings. She did. Uh-huh. How old were you when you broke through your first ceiling? Um, I think becoming an owner. You know, 2010 was the first ceiling that I broke through. What are you talking about? So... Uh, you know, prior to starting World Services, I've always worked for other people. So in 2010 was my opportunity to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to Alex, what else are you thinking? When you were growing up, your mom said you can do whatever you set your mind to. Absolutely. What was the first time that that actually happened? Again, w- World Services would be it. Starting World Services, uh, I realized that there's, there's no limitations for me as an individual. Huh. Well, I that's a big victory. How about a small one? Yeah, when, when you were, were in your teens. Um, smaller victory. Um, I think he began, I think he began doing when he was knocking on the doors at 10 years old, uh, selling lawn mowing services. Right. What's the website address of this organization known uh, as uh, well, World Services? Uh, World-ServicesLLC.com. We've been speaking with Shua Ibali, president of World Services here on Executive Leaders Radio. Les, can you give us a rundown on who we have the opportunity of speaking with? We had Alex Bartholomus, president and CEO, People Stretch Solutions. We had Russell Reeder, president and CEO, OVH Cloud. We had... I'm Rita Graywall, and, uh, who's the CEO and co-founder, and Julie Descar, founder at Talex, and Shuaib Ali, President, World Services. I would like to thank my co-host, including David Kunzman, Pretoria Law, Joe Basile, Spectrum Careers, Chelsea, Chelsea Rutherford, Capital Careers, Rob Manfredi, Bamboo Solutions, and Gal Borenstein, Borenstein Group, including Les Small and Vistage for giving me hand structuring the questions. Hope you're providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. I'd like to thank our listening audience for listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. That's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. Thank you for joining us today, and do have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.